Hello and welcome to your weekly podcast from Freestyle Media uh, in partnership with The Magic 5, where you can get 15% off a pair of their custom fit goggles uh, by using uh, the link in the description to this episode. Uh, do also check out Oxford Strength and Conditioning. Uh, that's Nathan Oxford, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, who's been working with many swimmers uh, and he's been getting great results for them both in and out of the pool. Uh, so that is www.oxalt.com for that. Uh, so, uh, as we're just 10 days out now from the start of the Masters National Championships, uh, there's no better person to be talking to other than nutrition coach, Dr. Judith Brand. Uh, so welcome back to the podcast, Judith. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me back. No, you're welcome. It's, uh, it's always lovely to see you. And um, I think it was about this time last year that we spoke. It was yeah, a couple of weeks out from Nationals and had a similar kind of uh, chat about, you know, what would your lunchbox look like for, uh, for, the, for the weekend ahead? Exactly. Yes, I've got a few more ideas as well for this time. So, um, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> just to um, just to kind of remind everybody, um, and for those who who perhaps are new listeners in in the last year and who who didn't listen to the to the episode that we did last year, you actually live out in Lanzarote, don't you? Even though you're from the UK originally and you've been to the nationals many times yourself, but you're out in Lanzarote now. I am. Yes, I moved out here three years ago um, after. After all the, well, after the first lockdown, I had spinal surgery and came out to recover and didn't actually go back to the UK for 18 months. Went back (laughs) for four days, but I'm a resident in the Canaries now. And uh, I swim with a master's club in the Canaries, a a Spanish club called CN Volcania. Um, And we're very privileged. We have a lot of really good swimmers in our club, which is inspiring. Um, one One of our swimmers, Rosa has just been sort of given one of the Spanish accolades for swimming because she's, I think she's 70, she's 70, 74 age group. And I think I'm right in saying that she holds most of the Spanish records for most of the distances and most of the strokes. That's so cool. I love stuff like that. And you yourself, you just got a bronze medal at the uh, Spanish Nationals, didn't you? Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, was it? Uh, no, it was back in July. Um, July. But yes, I did. I got a bronze medal for 200 metres breaststroke, which Amazing. anyone who will ever remember me from Master Swimming back in the day when I used to swim will probably fall over because I never, I never touched breaststroke with a barge pole because I was a triathlete and I did... Uh, well, I still am a triathlete, but I, I focused on front crawl and I'd be doing the longer front crawl distances. But um, probably inspired by Helen Gorman, who's a good friend. Yes. Uh, and she's helped me a lot. So I think probably a lot of that bronze medal is down to her helping me with some really good drills and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, um, breaststroke, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's no better person to speak to than the queen of breaststroke, uh, Helen Gorman. She's um, you, you can't not be inspired by Helen. She's uh, she's amazing. I'm looking forward to watching her actually at nationals in a few weeks, to be honest. Um, but so so talking about nationals, you are you know familiar with the nationals. Yes. You have a really nice story um, about when you you know you and your mum used to go every year and you'd end up in M and S. Just just tell the story again. We I did, look- we did. So um, my mum and I used to obviously. I would do the long distance events. So I would swim the 1500, which used to be on the Friday, the 400 on the Saturday morning and the 800 on the Sunday morning. And then my mum, always wanting to get good value for money, would do six events and fit them all in. But we always used to keep the Saturday afternoon free to go shopping. And we'd always end up going to M&S. And it was always the Nationals is just after my birthday. So the idea was, was I would get my birthday present. 
But we would sit in we'd sit in Marks and Spencers, and my mum would fall asleep over her coffee and cake in Marks and Spencers on a, on the Saturday afternoon. In those days, I probably our nutrition probably wasn't as good as it could have been. <laughs> I think she was ahead of the game. I think she was getting a tactical power now ready for a later event you see that's oh, absolutely i mean she was very good at the tactical entries as well she used to plan her entries accordingly so um yeah i mean obviously um i mi- i miss her I miss i miss her company and i do think of her whenever i go to um when i go to well any competition i i think of her so, yeah, no, for sure. Well, it's, um, I mean, they're, they're the sort of memories that uh, nationals are all about. Everybody's kind of got their own nationals story, haven't they? And uh, Yes. It's, um, it's going to be an, an interesting one for me this year because, um, as everybody will know, I moved uh, moved house at the start of this year. So I'm now actually only about 45 to 50 minutes drive from, from Sheffield, possibly a, little, a bit closer, actually. But I've still got the hotel two nights. Um, yes. Because I, 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 <laughs> I can't bear to take myself away from it, you know, on the Friday night or the Saturday night. I want to be in and amongst it. So, um, yeah, even though I'm a lot closer these days, I still want to completely immerse myself for the weekends. And I uh, think it's quite good to do that. And, you know, it's you get to know your teammates so much better. You just spend time with them. Yeah. I know from going to two, mass, two national events in Spain with, with the club that I belong to now, the people that I've, I went with, I just know them so much better. I know so much more about them. And um, it's just much more fun, really. Completely agree with you. And um, it's not so much the the driving back after the after the day. It'd be more in the morning having to get up at the crack of dawn and yeah. stress about driving back up there again and thinking, oh, I hope there's no traffic or whatever. Just knowing that you're there, you know, the yes. hotel's around the corner, it's... Um, definitely definitely plays a, a positive part i think um but but we're so when this podcast comes out we'll be 10 days out from um from nationals so that i kind of figured that means people be starting to think not, not just about the weekend generally but about the more of the details so what what is their lunchbox going to look like sort of hypothetically exactly, um, exactly. you know what, what type of foods to buy they'll be doing their they'll be doing their big shop you know in the next few days no doubt so hopefully they can listen to this while they uh, wander around the supermarket um but just just first and foremost, how important is it getting your nutrition right for the weekend in order to just perform at your best? Well, there's a few things really. Um, hydration as well is important because remember the pool is always really really hot, and you probably need to drink a little bit more than you normally would. If you're depleted in either your hydration or your nutrition, you can't perform at your best. And obviously, you've trained all year to to go to the nationals and what you want to do is get the absolute best out of the event yeah it's a fairly long series of events so it's it's longer than if you're just going to an afternoon counties or um sort of short short meet um and because it's because it takes place over several days you need to think about your nutrition over several days and it's very easy when you're sat on poolside especially to to perhaps not get that bit right. Um, most of the most of the swim events that people are doing are going to be short and sharp. So you want to be thinking about instant energy almost. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lovely story here because um, I always take some flapjack to to competitions um, because it's it's got sort of some long lasting energy and some short lasting energy, and I find it quite useful to to keep going between between races 
flapjack has a, it doesn't translate in Spanish. The closest <laughs> it gets to is a word that means prostitute. <laughs> so, so when when I got it, when I, on the app WhatsApp group, it said, Judith, you're going to be doing three relays. I put in response to that, don't worry, I'll take the flapjack. Oh, so God. my Spanish, my Spanish teammates went and looked it up and sort of went oh my goodness <laughs> what's she bringing <laughs> so just just a, an entertaining story about um about poolside food so, <laughs> so um yeah um so flapjack is an important i i find that quite a useful mm. fuel to have um and i i usually make one that consists of honey butter obviously oats dried mm. fruit i put coconut desiccated coconut in it really those sorts of foods and, and cinnamon so that you know there's there's quite a bit going on and i make quite a large amount and i actually make it in muffin cases rather than in a tin and then cut it because i find it gets a bit crumbly probably because i'm not that good at making flapjack i don't know but the muffin cases are perfect because they then stay stays in its little round portions um so that's that's quite important so that you get something that gives you your instant energy that you have just before you swim and some people have gels which you know is just as good i'm not i'm not dismissing gels either um but if you want to sort of go down the more nat natural route of knowing what you're eating and and having put it together yourself Honey is, a, we've talked about honey before in terms of fueling training, honey on toast to fuel training. Anything that's short, I think honey is a very, very good food for, for fuel. Mm. And then it's about the recovery, because if you don't recover from the previous race that you've done, then you're not going to have everything lined up for the next race. So it's really important that post-race you go through the recovery process and as well as all the cooling down and everything that you would normally do, think about the food that you have and go for some kind of protein-based recovery. Now, something I found in the last two nationals that I went to is that that's not always very easy to, to put together, mm. um, especially if you're away from home and you're not staying somewhere where you can cook your own food. Um, but if you can cook your own food and you can take stuff with you, obviously lean protein like chicken, um, egg whites don't work so well on poolside, um, <laughs> but lean meat um, and that, that, and if you if you're obviously if you're vegan, something like say some chickpeas, some nuts, etc. Um anything that that gives you that protein. But what I have found and I think is is probably a good plan is to have some kind of protein powder as well. Now I'm not normally a great advocate of something that's um that's processed. However, there's a time and a place, and yeah. I think that sometimes on poolside, it's much easier to put together a protein shake and have that post-race than, than maybe eat a chicken salad or something like that. Just with practicalities of staying in a hotel, getting the chicken breast, keeping them without them going off over the weekend, 
hot poolside, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's not as practical to go down that route, although it's much more tasty. And if you go out at lunchtime or go to Marks and Spencer's, then, you know, that's, that's a good replacement. As well as protein after you've, after you've done your race, you also want to put back some of the carbohydrates. Yeah. So accompany that protein with some kind of carbohydrate. The other thing that's also really important is to make sure you have a good breakfast. And again, something that's sort of protein fat based because the fat will give you energy later on in the day. So um, a really good one is scrambled eggs on toast with bacon. You know, the things that you get in the buffet at the hotel are all perfect for breakfast because they'll provide long lasting energy um, and will give you that protein as well. I think it's very easy to ignore protein and it's it's interesting because most people probably don't eat enough protein. I know we talked about this last time as well, but in the diet in general, um, it's important to include at least 25% of the diet being protein and, a, you know, a, a lean protein or something that, um, and if you're having, uh, if you're, vegan or vegetarian and you need to to include pulses and nuts and things like that remember that they also have the carbohydrate and they also have the fat um so it's balancing everything um and and sort of making sure that you you get everything in the other thing that is also going to be a, a factor is on poolside the heat making sure that Drinking regularly, sort of having plenty of sips of water, and um, I would always put an electrolyte in just to make sure that you're replacing the salts so that you've also, I mean, they're called rehydration tablets because that's exactly what they do on the tin. They rehydrate the body because you don't just want the water to go in. As you know, when you sweat, salt comes out. So it puts the salt back in as well. So it completely rehydrates the body. and the, the national championships that we went to in on the mainland in Spain, it was so hot on poolside. It's about 40 degrees. It was when there was a it was when there was a heat wave and it was an open air pool, 40 degrees. And although not nutrition linked, the other thing that I did is I created my own ice vest. Nice. I got my club t-shirt and I bought a bottle of really cold water and I soaked my club t-shirt in the cold water and I would just keep putting that on to keep cool on poolside because it's very easy to overheat and then of course you you don't swim as well if you're if you're overheated so um, I think that was probably the key to my 200 meters medal was that I did actually try to keep cool I fueled well it was the second race of the day because over here the nationals take place over a Thursday a Friday a Saturday and a Sunday so we have four days for our national and um, on the Thursday, I miscalculated. I thought I'd got one event a day. <laughs> and I ended up with two events on the Thursday and nothing on the Saturday. Um, but um, so I'd already done 400 in the morning. So the 200 was in the afternoon. So um, obviously, whatever I did must have worked because I actually swam, you know, probably the best I've ever swum in breaststroke. Um, so, yeah, those are the sort of key things. So the lunchbox needs to have things that you can nibble on. 
ideally a mix of protein and carbohydrates and fats earlier on in the day. So it's almost planning what you're going to have at what point of the day, depending on the events. Um, and then making sure that before you race, it's almost pure sugar. So honey is a really, or, or flapjack or, or something that's, you know, that's, that's rich in carbohydrate, maybe half an hour, 20 minutes beforehand. So not immediately beforehand, because you've got to allow it to get into the system. So 30, 20 minutes is probably about right. Mm -hmm. And then post-race, making sure that the protein goes in, the carbohydrate goes in, so that you're ready for the next race, because the next race might be in a couple of hours. And so it's important to make sure that you haven't depleted yourself for that next race. Um, You asked last year, I remember, about alcohol. (laughs) <laughs> it's so, a very important part of my weekend yeah and my my opinion hasn't changed on that in that beer in particular is a it's quite a good isotonic and it's so it's quite good because it contains the it contains the minerals that you need it contains the carbohydrates that you need not much protein tiny little bit of protein but not much but of course you've also got the liquid volume in there as well so you're Providing you don't go overboard and drink eight pints, um, a couple of pints is going to rehydrate you a little bit. And then obviously you want the water as well. But but there's nothing wrong with a couple of pints of beer. It will also help you sleep better. A good quality sleep helps the recovery process so that you're ready to go again the next day. Not everybody would agree with me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it, and it depends how your body reacts to alcohol as well. Mm, I would include it it's funny you know because um you just you know you just mentioned there about alcohol and not really including protein and you know why why would it it's uh you know it's it's a drug drink (laughs) that that we all just enjoy drinking but uh, something that's popped up recently on my social media you know algorithm in terms of the ads that that keep coming up is this like alcohol-free beer that's got 10 grams of protein per can and I'm just like, that is so unnatural and clearly insanely processed. Why would I want to have an alcohol-free beer that's got 10 grams of protein in it? Just seems really bizarre. Just have, either have a protein shake or have a beer. <laughs> just have yes, one or-, or have a beer with maybe some nuts Yes. or some chicken pieces or something like that to get probably, I mean, chicken pieces would give you more than 10 grams of protein. You know, nuts would give you more than 10 grams of protein. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the the non the alcohol-free beers are, you know, they are marketed as post-exercise recovery drinks. And that's for all the reasons I've just said about drinking yeah. a beer. You know, it, it, yeah. they do, they are isotonic. <laughs> and I guess they're probably adding the protein to it to enhance the reputation as a recovery drink. However, as you say, that's going to be massively processed and i think i would probably opt for the tastier option of something to nibble that's got protein with it yeah alongside it rather than in in the one drink very very strange yeah no no you're right about the alcohol free uh, drinks actually because i did the london triathlon a few years ago and that was sponsored by earning a um alcohol free yes and at the end of the well the finish line you actually got given um essentially a, a half a pint of alcohol free earning it. And I remember, I didn't realize this at the time, and I remember being on the run 
um, on, the, so on the final part of the triathlon. And then as I was coming around, I saw this sign to say that you get a beer at the finish line. I thought, oh, amazing. Suddenly sprinted up a bit a bit faster. Then I realized it was alcohol free and I thought, oh, it slowed down again. <laughs> oh, you have to come to Lanzarote. We actually have alcohol yep. in our beer Probably. at the end of the race. <laughs> we, 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 they do lots of traverseers over here, which is sort of our open water swim events. And at the end of every traverseer, there's usually alcohol beer. <laughs> As part of as part of the finished package, and usually paella or um, there's always some kind of buffet food, which is it, it's it, it's a social event as well as a Sounds as well perfect. as a um, as well as a swim. Sounds perfect. So um, you, you've mentioned loads and loads of great points there about the types of foods that that we need to eat, um, you know, across the weekend. But what? How important would you say it is to to keep a similar diet? Um, and so, in terms of the foods that you eat, because um, you, you mentioned like gels, for example, being something that you wouldn't normally touch, so you probably would stay away from them at a weekend. Um, yeah. it, it, that we stick to foods that we're familiar with, and we don't sort of start trying all these new things all of a sudden. Definitely, don't try and think you're on race day. Um, I stomachs can be funny, and it's probably less of an issue. I don't know because I've not really had stomach problems when I've been swimming, but um, there's nothing worse than stomach cramps from too many gels or yeah. too many bananas or too many of anything really. Um, and it's always good to try something beforehand. So if you if you're thinking of using gels to swim with, then um, it's a good idea to give them a try in training earlier on in the week. Mm-hmm. and see how you respond to them. I think that's the key thing really with a gel is that some people, they respond really well and they get a really good result from, from having a gel. Other people, they don't and it upsets the stomach. You have to remember that gels are, are largely sort of sugar-based and they're mm-hmm. not unlike the sugar-based laxatives in yeah. terms of how they affect people. So um, and most of them need to be taken with water uh, there are some available that that you can have without water, but it's always a good idea to drink some water with them anyway, just to make sure that you know you've 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 got the hydration. Um, so yeah, if you're used to having gels, then then that's quite good. You know, some quite a lot of people I know will have a gel twenty minutes before their before their race, and will race perfectly on it, and will have a, a really good race without any problem because their stomach's used to it. Exactly. Um, but I wouldn't advocate going ahead and having a if you're doing six events, having a gel before each. No. Well, you could do if you if you're used to it. But if you're not used to it, it could have a a negative effect on the stomach. Whereas if you're used to having something like honey on toast before you train or something like that, then some honey. Um, I don't know if you can if you can buy them in the UK, but I well you can buy a squeezy bottle of honey in the UK. So a squeezy bottle of honey, and you can just put some honey into your water. Mm, good idea. Which, again, is something else that I've done, sort of a squeeze of honey and a half an electrolyte tablet as my poolside drink works really well. Mm, that's a great idea, yeah. And then thinking about breakfast in terms of um, fueling for the day ahead, you know, there'll be there'll be lots of people that are swimming all day long. There'll be lots of people that yes. are swimming in that first session in the morning but there will also be lots of people who like myself actually on both the friday and the saturday 
my first races are in the second session of the day, so in the afternoon. On the Sunday, I do have a first uh, race in the first session. Um, but for the first two days, I won't be doing anything until sort of midday, really. So um, thinking about th those people that have maybe got quite a few hours to wait, would you advocate for quite a big, you know, good-sized breakfast just to really give you the fuel and then actually you can let that digest over the next few hours you don't need to keep nibbling for a while and you can you can pretty much just have a nice big breakfast leave it at that until you get to poolside of quite a few hours later and then you might want to start sort of grazing through the day yeah i think that's a good that's a good way to approach it maybe add some porridge into that breakfast so yeah. have have your full english with maybe some porridge just to keep you going if you can if you can manage to accommodate all the food it, i mean some people they can only eat a limited amount yeah. um but if you can eat if you can eat and then top it up keep topping it up because obviously in the first session you're not even going to get in the water you might do some dry land work but you're probably not going to be actually getting into the water and then when you get into warm up you probably want to do some the other thing that you might want to think about is and people will will do this as part of a warm up but maybe not sort of think about why but if you do some explosive efforts that opens up the engine and then if after you've done your warm up and your explosive efforts you then have your flapjack your honey or whatever then that that sort of you've, you've opened up the engine to accept that food in and in theory it it then has more impact yeah, of course. If you're somebody who has, you know, because you talked about tactically picking events and stuff. If you're somebody who is, say, for example, you're racing twice, maybe three times in a day, but maybe you're only swimming once per session. So there's three sessions a day, morning, afternoon, and evening. So it might be that you've got a good four or five hours between each event. If that's the case, if if, if people have planned in that way, what are your thoughts on... Because I'm just thinking there are a lot of people who will probably just eat three meals a day in their normal life, breakfast, lunch and dinner, you know, three decent sized meals, probably not much of a snacker. Yeah, they might have one snack, but they're not they're not sort of grazers throughout the day in terms of keeping that familiarity for your digestion and everything like that. If you've got very well spread out races, what are your thoughts on saying we'll just stick to a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner? They're good sized meals. You might just take an extra banana or some honey or something like that. But generally speaking, three meals a day. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, if, if you if you're lucky enough and that your races are at the end of each of those sessions as well, that gives time for the digestion to take place. So you have mm. your breakfast, and then maybe you're swimming at say twelve o'clock, and you've had your breakfast at eight o'clock, so that's nicely digested. So just before you do your race at twelve o'clock, top it up with a bit of fast-acting carbohydrate like honey or a gel. I then go for lunch, but make sure the lunch has got lots of protein in it. So, you know, um, and I know the cafe at Ponds Forge, you know, they, they serve quite all good. sorts of things. Yeah. And it's a really good, it's a really good cafe. So you can pick the things that are high in protein, um, you know, and, and you can vary what you have. Or you can go out because if your next race isn't until sort of, say, four o'clock, half past four, mm. um, you can go outside and, and find somewhere where you can get something again. You want to be focusing on the protein and the carbohydrates really at that point for that meal. Um, and then when you go and, th and then before you do the, say, four o'clock race, you have another top up, a bit more flapjack, a mm. bit more 
honey, a bit more gel or whatever, you do that race and then you can have another another meal after that. Um, or it may be that your evening your evening race is fairly early on, so you might want to leave the meal after the four o'clock race, but just top up with something like a protein shake yeah. and then have a meal after you finish racing. It's always difficult when you're racing late at night because then eating after a late race or even after after late training is really yeah. difficult. Oh, I think that's probably where a, a protein shake comes in yeah. if you're doing an, a late evening session. Um, again, over here in the Spanish sessions, sometimes they, they don't finish till quite late. Mm. And going out for dinner late always throws my body clock because I'm used to eating early. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I've told the story before actually on the podcast, but we had a, a situation last year in a relay on the Saturday night where the event ended up running over loads. And we'd actually booked a table at a restaurant for, I think it was about eight o'clock or something or half seven. I think, no, I think it was eight. And we were still doing the relay at like 7.55. Or like we were just about ready to go and do it. And, you know, I, I, I don't think we'd made, managed to make contact with the restaurants, tell them we were going to be late. So we, our plan was the person who does the first leg of the relay gets straight out and goes to the <laughs> restaurant. So the person who did the first leg didn't even know what the outcome was. Oh, no. <laughs> the idea was you, you swim, you get out and you go. So like we, were, we didn't sort of stand there collectively as a relay team at the end of the event and go, hey, we, you know, whatever our time was, we like got to the restaurant and then did the <laughs> that, that's like, that's how much we were sort of running behind. I think another, um, something interesting to, to think about, and again, interested in your thoughts here in terms of just being quite tactical with your meals, because I, I often see, you know, at swimming events and I'm thinking more about the events where they're, it's a one day you see people on the lunch break, you know, you've got maybe an hour before the next warm up starts and you might not have a race for another hour after that. So you see people having a big lunchbox worth of pasta, you know, tuna pasta with some sweet corn or something like that. Um, but it might be that you, you prepare something like that and then you realize, actually, I don't have a big window in which to eat this. So it's probably a good idea to just eat a third of it and then yeah. pop up later on with another third and later on with the final third. Yes, exactly that. That was exactly what I was going to say. And that's something that, again, I've done that when I've travelled to Canarian Championships where I've had, um, you know, been able to take the food with me. I've, I've known that it will keep for that day, um, but probably not for the next day. Um, and and I've had a, I've taken a, a Tupperware with, with food in it and had some just before I've, read, I've nibbled at it sort yeah. of almost nibbled throughout the day and had had portions of it because it's better to have I was I still think it's better to have your own food if you've cooked it um than than waiting a queue for food if you've got it there then then that's perfect and for people who are staying in a hotel where maybe they've got a fridge in the room you could actually prepare everything in advance but half of the fun of it is going going out to eat yeah. particularly in the evening I think you know I would never say sit in your room and eat eat a meal <laughs> because that's a bit lonely and that's not why you've gone to the nationals you've gone it to is. the nationals for the social side of it as well so yeah. um, all, all the Itali all the Italian restaurants are just booked out with uh with the swimmers to have pasta and pizza isn't it at the end of each night absolutely oh what's about the Chinese is the Chinese buffet still working over the oh, road 
actually. I'm not sure if that's still on. I've never been there myself, actually. Oh, when when we used to have, um, I can't remember which competition it was. It, it was it was one of the it was one of the one day competitions that we used to have in Sheffield that was sort of like a local one. But um, when I was with Gainsborough Masters, we used to go to the Chinese over the road. Nice. Nice. That sounds and good. Have, have a have a buffet, which was always yeah. a good post race thing to do. Yeah, one of the um, conundrums that I've found uh, over many years now as a master swimmer, and I don't know if other people feel like this, but for some reason, it, it, it's something that I have struggled with at times: is getting that balance right between eating enough and not eating and eating too much. Yes, because I've had races where you know I talked about the kind of pasta at lunchtime thing, and then I've you know. Typical me, I've gone and done the whole lunchbox and then I'm racing, say, an hour later, hour and a half later. And especially when you're in a swimsuit, it does not feel good to be bloated and to be stood behind the, the block and just think, I just do not feel great here. And then equally, because you're so conscious about not feeling like that, you don't eat enough. It, I mean, yes. do you have any kind of strategies on how to make sure you get the balance right there? I think the only way that you can work out what that balance is, is to practice it. Yeah. And to and to know what your body can can consume and what you can do on that. So you've almost got to eat a large meal and then maybe go and do some training within that window afterwards and, and find out can you do it or can't you? And you know, um if you if you've only eaten a little bit when you go training, do you have that hollow empty feeling and you can't sustain stuff to the end of the session and then you know that you've got to put a bit more because everybody's metabolism is different so what works for me isn't going to work for you i know what my i know what my limiters are and i know what what i need to have to achieve what i want to do and that's from practicing it and doing it in, you have to do stuff in training i do think that everything that you do on race day you've almost got to have replicated it in training to know whether you whether you can stomach it well to, to things isn't it yeah it's about how you respond yeah and i think we we had this this conversation fairly early on when i met you about fueling your training mm. because a lot of people will go fasted yeah to their swim training particularly if it's first thing in the morning because it's very oh. difficult to to have something um I tend to fall back on a on a shake that's got um, I use egg white in my shakes, um, so it's got sort of um, a nut milk, egg white, oats, honey, chia seeds, and some fruit, um, <clears throat> and that tends to be I find that a really good pre-training session if it's really early in the morning because it's liquid, so it hasn't got to be digested particularly it also is a very good post late night training um so our masters club has gone back to training over the summer we had a nice little break in that we we were a bit earlier but we've now gone back to the quarter past nine till half past ten session at night and i'm trying to go to it which um i'm finding very tough um not the swimming but just the yeah, next day, Fridays, we had a bank holiday yesterday, so there's no training yesterday. Um, but but Fridays are normally a washout for me. And mm. even with having, you know, but that shake does help to make it slightly less of a washout. It's just fueling again 
post swimming, even if it's late. When I used to train with Gainsborough Masters, that was a nine till 10 session. We used to go for a beer afterwards and I used to take sandwiches. I was very famous for taking sandwiches with me (laughs) just so that I had something to eat after training because I couldn't not eat. Um, I've always had to refuel. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So to sum up then for for people listening, um, by the sounds of it, the morning is all about getting a range of food in, but but your fats are quite important in the morning for that sustained energy throughout yes. the day. Yeah. Uh, that's the most important time of the day to get your fats in. Yes. And then throughout the day, it's kind of like, you know, fast, fast acting sugar. So whether, you know, you talked about things like flapjacks that you can make yourself, honey, um, obviously, well, I'll get to hydration in a minute throughout the day, but in terms of food, you know, great, maybe grazing throughout the day, or if you do have big gaps between races, it's okay to be, to eat a big meal, but that's where you want to have your carbohydrates. You want to have some proteins in there, uh, for after your races. And then in the evening, it's all about another refuel similar to the morning, really, where it's a range, you know, it's your yes, carbs and your protein. Absolutely. And, and, and plenty of protein in the evening meal as well, because overnight that's when your body does all the repairing so if there's nothing to do the repairing with then it can't do the repairing so you go into the next day slightly more fatigued yeah no makes makes perfect sense have you got any anything final to share with everybody a little a nice little nugget for people before we leave it there um I can't think. Of the, I mean, the nugget that I was I was going to give you. Well, I've already given you is the the Spanish for flapjack. Yeah. <laughs> the translation. It's um, um, yes. Yeah, so, just, just to be clear to everybody, um, <laughs> Judith is not recommending that you hire a prostitute while you're at the national. No, absolutely. <laughs> Make it clear. I I did actually. What I did with with the flapjack was because of the the sort of jokes that were going around on the WhatsApp group. I um I did actually make enough for everybody so that so that everybody everybody could try this thing called flapjack and we we were just calling it flapjack okay we're not going to try and translate it <laughs> so um, and they did and they enjoyed it and and it was uh, it was nice because um it, again it's part of that bonding isn't it exactly yeah it's probably a good it was probably a good job that you said that and then they all found out that it was uh, that it meant something else because you probably got closer to them very quickly than uh, than you would have yes. and the way to everybody's heart is through the stomach usually <laughs> absolutely uh thanks so much again for coming on um always always great to hear your wisdom hopefully this is helpful for people just in terms of thinking about when to eat certain things during the day um i know that it helped me last year and it will help me again this year uh, so thank you judith for, for your time and uh, hope, to, hope to see you're you really, you're really welcome and if anyone wants to feel free to put my email address on so that if anyone wants to contact me for any more information or any other help then i'm very happy to help people and, Absolutely. Uh, and that's something i should have mentioned actually is that you do of course offer a, a nutrition service so what i'll yeah. do is I'll your email address on on the link to this description and people can reach out to you either for advice or if they'd like to get a little coaching plan going with you uh, that is a service that you offer so that's something that absolutely people- absolutely and if anyone's coming to lanzarote especially if they're staying at the barcelo in costa to that's where i swim so it would be nice to see people if they're coming over and want to make contact then um, feel free brilliant yeah thanks again judith and uh, see you soon See you soon and good luck at the at the at the nationals everybody and good luck Joe and thanks again for asking me